Hello, I'm Karen Pascal. I'm the Executive Director of the Henry Nowen Society, and I want to welcome you to a new episode of Henry Nowen, Now and Then. Our goal at the Henry Nowen Society is to extend the rich spiritual legacy of Henry to audiences right around the world. Because we're new to the world of podcasts, taking time to give us a review or a thumbs up or even share this episode will mean a great deal to us and allow us to reach more people with meaningful and hopefully deeply spiritual content that continually reminds us of Henry Nowen's writings, his encouragement, and of course his reminder that each and every one of us is God's beloved child. So with that said, welcome everyone. You're back for episode three. Today on this podcast, I'm joined by a very dear and longtime friend, Brian Stiller. Brian is the global ambassador of the World Evangelical Alliance. This global association represents some 600 million evangelical Protestants around the world. Prior to this, Brian was the president of Tyndale University and Seminary. Brian's the author of a dozen books, and together, in our shared broadcast history, we created hundreds of hours of television programming with the weekly series Cross Currents and several documentary projects as well. Brian, you and I had a memorable experience almost 25 years ago, 26 years ago. You and I had the privilege of being with Henry Nowen in his little home at Larch Daybreak, and you interviewed him. What do you remember from this experience? I didn't realize, Karen, that this material that's being released has never been listened to before. When I saw it the other day, I had really forgotten the, the questions and the answers and, the, and the, the rich moment we had together. So this has been a wonderful time for me coming back and renewing my information from Henry, but also listening to him and knowing that this will then be heard by many people. Karen, in the 55 years of ministry that I've, I've participated in, there's really no person that has spoken into the lives of the people that I've worked with, like Henry Nowen. Uh, his ability to understand the individual, uh, the work of the Spirit, the call of Christ, the effect of the kingdom in life. Uh, he sp- speaks into, into my life, but into many others. And so for us to be able to bring this to people today, after 26 years, when we did these interviews, this is a, a wonderful moment. And uh, I'm so grateful that we are able to offer this gift, this podcast to people as they themselves work through the issues and the struggles of life. Well, with no further ado, let's listen to your interview with Henry Nowen. As I, as I live for Christ, so often I think of, of the kingdom as that which is coming, uh, that which will, be, will come into reality when Christ comes and, and darkness is dispelled and light takes over and the kingdoms of this world are destroyed and the kingdom of God is forever established. And, it, and what happens is that I tend to to live in the future. Um, but your mysticism um, calls me to, to live the fullness of the gospel in this moment. Mm-hmm. And this moment is legitimate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, many people um, live between guilt and worries. Guilt they are guilty the past, about the past worried. and worrying about the future. Mm-hmm. And Jesus keeps saying, don't worry about the future, nor feel guilty about the past, because you're forgiven. Uh, But be here, because here am I with you. Dwell with me. 
And Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is, is among us, is, or the kingdom of God is within us. The kingdom of God is right where we are. It's that, now, that doesn't mean that the kingdom of God doesn't have to come to its full revelation, in the, in, you know, uh, that there's not, uh, 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 not an unfolding to take place. But for you and for me, you know, Jesus is saying, be attentive. The kingdom of God is at your fingertips. It's right here where you are. And I am the God of the present. I'm not a God of the past. I'm not used to God of the future. I'm just where you are because I love you and I want to hold you in my embrace and I want to take you by the hand and guide you through the darkness. I want to be with you and pay attention to what I'm saying to you here and now. I mean, that's what the contemplative life is all about. It's to be there. And it doesn't mean that, that, that we, we are not to, to care uh, for what's going to happen or to be indifferent. It simply means to trust that if we are fully present, the present today, we will discover what to do tomorrow. So, so I don't have to be a monk to be contemplative. Oh, no, 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 not at all. Uh, contemplation means to discover Christ in a moment. And if I talk to you now, this is the moment. My great concern for this conversation we are having is that you and I are together. That you are here and I am here and that that's all that counts. And I'm, the more I'm totally here for you and the more you are totally here for me, something can happen. Something of God can happen. It can be a spiritual event. Hmm? This can be the fullness of time for you and me here and now. And if you trust that, then you can know that if you're totally here now, you will know where to be tomorrow, when tomorrow comes. And you will know with that the person you're there with, you can be healed. My, my greatest concern is that, that the person I'm with or the situation I'm with is the situation in which God calls me to live the kingdom now. So, so th the kingdom is liberating of the guilt of the past and anxiety of the future. Right, right. It's being in the present, in the kingdom now. That's what this community is about. We want to live the kingdom here around the dinner table. We want to say, we don't want to have dinner in order to do something tomorrow. And we live in a world in which every time you do something, people say, what can I do with it tomorrow? Or why don't we eat? Well, we eat so we can do something. The question is, can we eat? Because eating is living the kingdom. Can I talk to you? Because talking to you is living the kingdom. Can I be with friends and say, this is the moment for us to celebrate. Celebration means to lift up the present and recognize God in it. Henry, as I've read your, your various books, it seems to me that The Return of the Prodigal uh, is, a, is a very special book. Uh, it's almost as if there's the converging of the streams of your thought and experiences over the years. Mm -hmm. uh, give us a brief background as to how Return of the Prodigal through uh, Rembrandt's paintings became so special to you. When I saw the poster of the Rembrandt painting in which the father embraces his returning son, I was totally overwhelmed because when I saw it, I felt interiorly very broken. I felt very, very, um, you know, uh, spent. I felt I'd lost a lot and um, it had to do with, with a lot of things were happening in my life. And, and when I saw this embrace, I said, that's where I want to be. And out of that, I started to think about myself as the, as the prodigal son that wanted to return home. 
But then I started to study the painting, and I went all the way to St. Petersburg to see the original painting of Rembrandt, and I saw there was the older son, too, was at the, in the painting. And the older son um, um, suddenly started to speak to me, and I started to realize I might be the younger son, you know, person who is dissipated, who has lost a lot of things, going all the way to the pigs, and wanted to come home. But I met much more the elder son, who stayed home but is angry, who is resentful, uh, who who is in a way, uh, who is who is um, close to God in a way, close to the father, but in the same time not close, and resenting. Uh, my younger brother who did all these things and resenting the fact that I'm not getting the attention that other people get. And I suddenly realized that, that I'm the oldest son myself, you know, in my family, that there was a lot of resentment in me, a lot of, of, of not fully enjoying the, the being in the church or being in the community of faith. And I, I, I'm always sort of, you know, being angry about situation. Your resentment is like cold anger. It's, it's, like, it's like having a heart of stone somewhere. And I realized that I was, I was jealous of people. I was resentful of people. I wasn't uh, enjoying it. And so I suddenly discovered I was these two sons, both. And then uh, something incredibly important happened. I, I got very depressed at one point and very, very low and very anguished. And I had to take some time away. And one member of my community came to visit me. And she said, Henry, you're talking about yourself being the younger son. And you're talking about yourself being the older son. <laughs> but you have to be the father now. That's who you call to be, the father. And you have to claim that. And look at the father in the painting. You know, look, the father, the father has a hand of a mother and a hand of a father. That's a, a male hand and a female hand touching the son. Look at the father who is like a mother with a big cloak. Like the, under your wings I will find refuge. Like the mother bird who holds his young safe. Look at the father who can hardly, who has cried a lot in his life, but, uh, uh, but, but want to welcome his son back without asking any questions. Say, not, not saying, I always told you so, and you should behave this, and why didn't I always told you none of that. The father didn't even want to hear the story of the younger son. The father doesn't even want to hear the story of the older son. He wants them to be back home on the same table with him uh, so that they can grow up and become like him. And, and suddenly I realized that when, when the younger son comes home and the older son comes home, they have to become the father so that they can receive home people. In, in, and, and it's precisely the immense, the immense suffering that they had lived allowed them to be a compassionate father, to receive people home. And I suddenly discovered my, my final vocation is, is to not only to go home, but to, to let, bring people home. By, and not by, by telling them what to do, but by saying, I'm so glad you're here, I'm so glad you're here. And I don't have any questions, and I don't want you to tell this whole story. I mean, what I'm going to say to my father, he says, just get out the, the, the beautiful ring and get all the sandals and get all, let's, let's celebrate because you're back. And that I have to say that to people all the time, every day, if you're talking about young people. That's my task in life, to call, to say people, to hold them, and not just to give them little lectures or talking, to hold them and say, this is okay. But you said, I'm the prodigal son. Every time I look for unconditional love, 
where it cannot be found. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. So, so uh, if I go to places I want to, then to be unconditionally loved by you I'm or by anybody, uh, or I go uh, downtown, or I go to a movie, or go to a play, and I hope that this will finally do it for me, you know, I get hooked. I know so many men in ministry who have a bad relationship, who had a bad relationship, in their memory at least, with their father, and they're desperately looking for unconditional love. And often what they do, they busy themselves in ministry, almost to the place where they think if they work hard enough, they'll ex be accepted by their heavenly father in a way they were never accepted by their earthly father. You don't have to deserve unconditional love, it's there. And the harder you work and try to deserve it from God, the more you, you burn yourself out. I mean, the question is not to rush, rush, push, push, cling, bang, all these things in order to deserve God's unconditional love. God's conditional love is there before you were even born and it has nothing to do with you deserving anything. It's God giving it freely, gratuitously. That's what grace is. And for, for people who have been poorly loved by their parents or by their friends or by their uh, church, it's so important to, to somewhere be able to forgive them that they only had a limited love to give, that they only had a limited uh, affection to share, but that there the love of the father and the love of the mother and the love of the teachers and the love of the brothers and friends in this world are, are limited reflections of an unlimited love. And, and I have to dare to claim that unlimited love and I don't claim it by being busy, I claim it by solitude, by prayer, by contemplation and by being with the poor who have nothing to give to me in, in that sense, you know, who, 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 who just, that's what Jesus keeps saying, invite those who can invite you, you be, and, 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 and then you will discover, you know. So, so living in the rat race of today, it isn't that I leave the race, but that I find the welcoming arms of the Father in the race. Right. Yeah, and that you, that you don't live the right, the, your life as a race, that you, that you, you can be very, I'm very busy, my goodness, and, and more busy than I should be, and I'm very active, do thousand things, and I'm also a little bit compulsive, and I'm also a little bit addicted, and, and you know, I'm, I'm all these things. I'm not free from any of that, but somehow in the midst of my addictions, whether it's to being busy, or whether it's to friendships, or whether it's to this, you know, that somehow in the midst, I can, I, I can go to a place that says, you know, there's something more, and, and, and go back to that place. Keep returning home. Keep, keep claiming the truth about yourself. And, and I need friends there to remind me, the church to remind me. I need the, the Word of God to remind me. I, I need the sacraments to remind me. I need, I need to, to, be, to, be, to be constantly reminded that, I, that I'm not becoming myself in the rat race. I'm becoming myself by stretching out my hands and say, into your hands I commend my spirit. You, know, you are my God, and I'm your, your, I'm, I'm your son, and, and all is here. Oh boy, wasn't that something? I really enjoyed this interview with Henry. Tell me what you bring out of it, Brian. I'd love to hear from you. Well, there's, this is one of the, the great moments of Henry in discussion, and of course, 
it comes out of his book where his life was so influenced by a Rembrandt painting that he saw. It's called Return of the Prodigal. And if, uh, if you haven't read this, I would suggest that you go and find the book and read his account of how he came to understand the waiting father in ways that uh, uh, the Rembrandt picture brought to mind. There's just a whole number of things as the boy is kneeling before his father. His back is to us. He's looking up at his father. But one thing that I remember about Henry's observation of this was the father had two kinds of hands. One was very masculine. One was very feminine. And it showed the heart of the father, the mother, the love, the strength, the intimacy of the father welcoming the prodigal son home. And Karen, I guess this book and his reference to this in this podcast leads me to the very essence of, of Henry's ministry, which has been to remind us that we are beloved of the father. And the father is always welcoming us home. The father always has his arms open for us to be strong, to be tender, uh, to be affirmative, and to be nurturing. This father, this, this adult, this parent uh, that we, we symbolize through the male father as God, he is the one that welcomes us home. And, and of all of Henry's material, everything comes back to this one central focus. You are beloved of the father. And that ties that's the glue to everything henry thinks and talks about and when you are on any trail down down one of henry's trails ideas if you follow that trail back you will always come back to the center you're beloved of god and that is such uh, a, a powerful and a needed message for people of all ages today it's interesting because I, I love that line with his thick Dutch accent, keep claiming the truth of yourself. I mean, that is, that, that's amazing. And that truth is that, that I'm beloved by God. It is an amazing message. You're absolutely right. Um, I also, one, one little portion of that account that touched my heart was the father doesn't ask, where have you been? What have you been up to? What did you do? There's no accounting of the mess that you've made of your life. There's just, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're back. I love that. I just love it. Um, is there anything else, Brian, that you'd like to share? No, Karen, I, I think the the uh, these three podcasts that we've done out of the tapes that we did a year before Henry died... We had, of course, no idea of his the imminence of his passing, but to to delve into his heart and mind over those hours, and having read his books, of course, we knew his ideas. But there's a synthesis of ideas that happens in conversation that you often don't get in books, and so the hours that we had together, the questioning, the interchange. Uh, this just brings a new life to his ideas and his material. Uh, to one who has read his material and appreciated his life for many years, this has been a resurgence of application of his ideas and insights. Most of the ideas we had heard, we had read in the books, but there's something about conversation that synthesizes ideas 
And so we are made richer by listening to Henry and having these years later, him come alive in our mind, applying the word of God in the spirit of Christ in our hearts and lives. What a gift this has been to me again, and I know it'll be to those who listen. It's interesting because, um, as you said, we had no idea what would lie ahead, that within a year, Henry would would have passed away. Uh, I, I became aware that we had the best footage of Henry Nowen. That was the truth, and that's how Journey of the Heart, the life of Henry Nowen, the documentary that I made, came to be because we had this treasure, this incredible treasure. And if people would like to see that, they can go to our website and they can watch Journey of the Heart, the Life of Henry Nowen, which is kind of a full story and includes some of this interview material, but also has really is a story told by Henry's friends and family. It kind of pieces together who was Henry Nowen from their perspective. I want to promise our podcast audience there are a few more interviews tucked in those materials that we're going to find and bring to you at a later date, probably in the fall. I think we may have enough for three more podcasts. We'll see. But I promise you we're going to bring them to you, so keep an eye out for them. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we'd be so grateful if you take time to give us a stellar review or a thumbs up or, or please share it with your friends and family. And you'll find links in our show notes for our website and for anything that we talked about today. I want to thank Brian Stiller so much for allowing us to share this. You did a beautiful job of interviewing him, Brian. Thank you all for listening. Until next time.